Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Huffy Project Podcast. My name is Becky, and sitting next to me is Cedric Sky City. And you are tuning in once again to the Happy Project Podcast. So welcome, welcome, one and all, all in one. You're all welcome here. Today, we are enjoying a gloomy weather day in Seoul. It is rainy. A little rainy, a little cloudy, a <laughs> little gloomy. <laughs> That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had a pretty good day. Uh, the last two days have been very interesting because we have been talking to some really fascinating Korean Americans who are living here in Seoul for a different organization and their project. But it's been cool doing these interviews and just getting to learn their stories, right? Like yeah. what brought them to Korea, quote unquote, the motherland, what how they view themselves in the States versus in Korea and just the changes of their life. And it's really, it's been like, I don't know, it's, it's been so fascinating kind of in a way to see my own life story sometimes reflected in the things that they say or the experiences that they have. Yeah, we've uh, interviewed a handful of guests over the last two months now. And uh, again, these are all Korean Americans, whether they're uh, just... You know, they've been brought up in the culture uh, overseas in America or they've been adopted. And I sort of anticipated that many of the stories would be very similar. There'd be more similarities and differences. But I've come to find that everyone, their story is very different, even though there are pockets of similarities. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone has a different view of themselves and of culture specifically Korean culture. And I found it fascinating, especially with, um, you know, one particular interview that I have in my mind, which I won't get into now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's really cool because yeah, I, I found myself relating to them in many ways, but also just like, wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, <laughs> didn't see that coming. It's been like that. Yeah. Constant surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is very, it's a big honor to be able to do this kind of work. Yeah. Not only is it fulfilling, you know, creatively speaking, but also in a personal way. Because on this podcast, we talk a lot about cultures, heritage, uh, identity, that exploration, kind of a discovery also of self-awareness. And uh, it's been most fascinating to do that and then to also kind of have those conversations with other people who have gone on their own journeys and that sort of in a nice little roundabout way leads to today's topic and um, the question that we wanted to bring up and kind of discuss a little bit is why we think learning about our cultures is important now there are some people for sure who have um in a way, yes, it is also its own blessing to be born in one culture, raised in one culture, learn one culture, to have that given to them from their parents or their grandparents, the societies around them, and to never have to question or worry or feel like an outsider to the culture that they are born and grown up in. And that must be such a great feeling, <laughs> right? And then you have other people who experience a different kind of blessing which can also be, you know, its own share of difficulties. 
of feeling in between cultures or feeling like they're outside of a culture that they feel like they ought to understand or belong to or wish they had learned but didn't have the opportunity. And um, these are experiences that I find a lot of people with mixed ancestry or mixed cultures or a mixed home have these feelings or questions. And it can be a little bit when it's not, I think, discussed about or brought up in these sort of concrete terms, it can just kind of feel a little bit vague, right? It can, it's very easy to be like, oh, I just don't fit in. Or, ah, I just don't understand it. People judge me. Something's wrong with me. It can, it can easily fall into that. You default sort of into that, um, I guess, like blanket statements. Instead of really deep diving or trying to understand or asking yourself, maybe there are aspects of my culture that I don't know about. I'm okay with not knowing it. Now let's explore. Let's learn. Because the thing that I have found to be very true about culture is it is learned. And sometimes you learn it just implicitly from your upbringing, from your families. Sometimes you have to go out and study it and explore that and learn it. Culture, I believe, can be learned. And this is why we have culture classes, culture awareness courses, people who go to other countries, how to learn the language, how to understand societal rules, implicit and explicit, because culture is learned. And so we here at The Happy Project, obviously, both of us have mixed culture homes. And we eventually at some point in our own lives had to ask, okay, do I really want to understand my heritage and all the things that go with it? And that includes culture. So why is it important to learn about our own cultures? That was my uh, long intro. Now you tossing the question to me. I am. Here it goes. <laughs> okay, I'll catch it. I mean, there are so many different reasons why. Um, I, I will say on the forefront of my mind when it comes to that question is the fact that it any sort of culture, understanding culture helps you to connect with the people of the culture. Mm. And when it's your own culture or cultures, it helps you to connect with the people that represent who you are. You know, in our instance, it's... Well, I guess I could say for me, it's like black culture, even though there isn't a black culture. I think we just sort of say that just to describe a certain shared like commonalities between, for example, African-Americans and then, you know, Korean culture. Uh, for me to, to um, I guess, understand that helps me to connect with my parents, of course, but also like the people on both sides. Mm. So I think it's very important in that because... I think as human beings, everyone wants to feel belonging, right? It's, it's just built in our DNA. And I think it's natural to want to be part of a group, right, that shares common traditions or beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel like you belong to your group, then you feel protected, you feel secure, you feel like you have a way to um, just understand one another as human beings. So I think that on a foundational level is one of the more important reasons why it's important to to understand your cultures and to connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, you know, when we talk about self-exploration, learning about my identity, who am I, where do I fit in, where do I belong? All of those things, I believe, are um, can be reflected in your community, 
And that community can sometimes look like the greater community, right? Though your your ethnic community, let's say, or it could mean uh, the country that you're growing up in that in, in its way is a community. Um, something in a smaller area, like my town, we're all like this. Oh, you know, right away what town I'm from, because that is the kind of community. And these are the value or culture that can be found there can even shrink down to even smaller than that. My family, like the culture that Mm -hmm. lives inside your family. And a lot of times the way we explore ourselves or learn about ourselves or come to accept ourselves is in context of those communities. So it is extremely vital, I personally believe, to explore and understand culture. And it, it's funny because in, in some cases, it's like, we, we don't have a culture. This is just how things are done because it is very implicit. It's almost like speaking one language since you are a child. And then when you grow older, people ask you, wait a minute, what? I don't understand. Why do you use that word to describe this? Why do you use that grammar structure? And it can be hard to explain it, right? Because it's so implicit, so part of your knowledge that you don't have the rules or how to explain it to someone from the outside mm-hmm. looking in. And so culture can feel that way, honestly. If you ask somebody... Like in my case, when I'm thinking about certain aspects of Korean culture, let's say, which felt to me, wait, well, I don't understand why you do that. Why do you do that? And you would ask someone who's born and raised in Korea. A lot of times it's like, that's just, I don't know, that's just how it is. Right? That's Korean culture. Maybe there's no explanation. We don't know the explanation because it's just so implicit. It just feels so natural. So this is why when you're learning about cultures or trying to explore more about your identity, sometimes it can be really hard. Especially when you mm-hmm. don't have people who are encouraging you or people around you who are like, why do you even bother learning all of that, you know? Um, and so this is, I feel like, this is why I sometimes feel like in mixed homes, one culture is washed out by the other or one can feel more innate and natural than a different culture. Right. Because that, that context of community doesn't exist. And so if you don't actively go out to learn or reach out or try to understand And um, if you don't have the the fortune to find somebody who's willing to teach you or show you, it can be pretty difficult, honestly. Right. I mean, if you look at like the context of how we grew up, like we had a Korean parent in the house, but then we also living in America, we had an American parent who has their own subculture that they're used to and they grew up in. And uh, I guess kind of to your point of one culture usually dominates another, I think like we would agree that in our house, we had a very big deal like or or a a big amount of Korean culture that was, you know, exposed to us. But it's interesting because one, we didn't we're not living in the culture of Korea. So we're missing that element like or I should say we're not living in the country of Korea. Mm We're missing that element. And then we're also living in just one person's memory or one person's uh, expression of their own culture mm. being our moms mm-hmm. in one single household. That's a very good and point. And so, so there's a lot that we tend to miss out on unless we have maybe Korean friends or a Korean community. But even then, it's a little different, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I find that interesting. It doesn't, it doesn't minimize, uh, I guess, the value of the Korean culture that we've experienced, but it's just different than living here. Because like if we, let's just say that our family is the same, you know, our American dad and Korean mom lived here in Korea and we grew up in a Korean school system and, and we grew up speaking Korean, it would be totally different. We would be totally different. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, and our perception of Korean culture would be different. Mm. 
So I I just find that that very interesting that it's like we we lived in a house where we have Korean culture, but it's it's different. You know what mm. I mean? It's just one expression of the culture lived out through our moms. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I think um, that probably manifest like the idea of that manifested itself in my life and i would say probably in yours i would imagine when we first moved here because then we were like oh wow korea is so different than what i actually thought Mm -hmm. you know people are a little different than what i had in my mind or what i experienced back home so i just find that very very interesting yeah that's something that we have to navigate through as mixed koreans (laughs) yeah yeah that's true i really like the point that you brought up about um you are the culture that is living in the memory of one individual. Yeah. That's a really, um, I think, pointed statement because, you know, you culture, maybe not all aspects of culture, but I do believe that culture can change or evolve, um, adapt, right? Um, the good example of this is when you see certain Korean communities in other countries. Again, context and community is is really important. But you'll see, for example, like Korean communities living in Kazakhstan, um, Uzbekistan. So in a way, it is actually impossible to look at those kind of communities and say, that's not Korean culture. Because it it is a form or an evolution or an adaptation of Korean culture in that context. And so the kind of culture that, say, we grew up with would be the culture that our mothers knew at that time from Mm -hmm. that context and yet when we return to korea we see how much things have changed have evolved have i don't it's not a different form you know it's not like a pokemon and you become a new form but it's it's still the same yet there are things that are are different now and so we are constantly learning and changing and growing as well with the culture so some things that um with my own study i guess of culture or exploration of Korean culture or cultures of my family is um, the things that have really stood out to me is how my family connections have changed. Maybe you feel the same way. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. I have Korean family that lives here in Korea. And the way that I view them compared to how I understood and viewed my Korean family when I was younger has changed dramatically because of having lived here and learning the language and understanding the culture and experiencing life in Korea as opposed to life in the States. Mm-hmm. And the way that I view my family has changed quite a lot. Has, has it happened to you? Well, I don't have Korean family here mm. in Korea. So what about like for your parents? Um, well, I think the more that I explored Korean culture actively or proactively, I should say, the more I can understand my mom and I can view her through a different lens than mm. when I grew up. Because when I grew up, I just, I knew that she was Korean. I knew that I was half Korean. I had that awareness, but you know, I, she was number one, just my mom, Yeah, you know what I mean? And so I think in my twenties, late twenties up until now, um, I I start to see her through a different lens Mm -mm. because it's like, okay, now I understand why she does the things that she does. Now I understand why some of the things that used to annoy me about her, I'm like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm Uh not going to say what those things are, (laughs) Uh but um, yeah. And so it, and it helps me to have not only a greater appreciation, but more of a understanding and uh, I guess, 
just to use a term like a grace, like just sort of more patience in certain yes. things. Um, and, and it's almost like I, I get it and it's okay. You know, that's, that's why you said what you said, or that's why you, uh, you know, have this certain way of talking to people or wanting to, you know, mm. impress people. It's like, oh, that's a Korean culture thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, because Korea Uh, especially in her time. I mean, there's a, and even till today, uh, there's like this, uh, there's this uh, concern about how people view you, Mm -hmm. you know, status and position wise. And so my mom, you know, I, she would do things that uh, she would want to sort of, I guess, show people a certain side of her. And I'm like, I didn't get it. My, you know, I remember my dad used to be like, why, why would you want to put out the best like silverware and stuff whenever your friends come over for Bible study and stuff like that? Um, but now I, I'm like, oh, that's a Korean culture thing, you know? Why wouldn't you? What, what would you put out otherwise? Well, I think from the perspective of my dad, it's just like... Uh, oh, they're like your close friends. Well, right. yeah, that, and it's almost like, why are you trying to impress people? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what I mean? And my dad, well, he wasn't like mean or like, you know, rude about it. It was just like, he's just like, he didn't get it. Mm-mm. Whereas like, it's just one of those mentalities where he's like, let's just keep it real. You know what I mean? This is what we normally eat on or, you know, this is what our house normally looks like. You don't have to like put out the fine china uh-huh. as if this is what we eat off of every day. Uh, but my mom... Uh, and you know, I tend to, now that I think about it, I tend to do the same thing. You, that's the I, funny I lean, thing. <laughs> yeah, I lean more that I'm way. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you are that way. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I mean, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a, a difference of how, you know, my dad viewed things and my mom. Yeah. But I understood why both viewed, you know, the same thing their own way. Yeah. And the thing about the term uh, understanding can lead to grace. I think um, another word is compassion. Uh, the reason that I bring this up is because, so I'm, I'm in a lot of half Korean groups on Facebook or whatever websites. And, um, I'm just a creeper, you know, I just kind of hang back and watch what other people are saying. And this is not by any means saying, you know, whoever is in these groups is the, the average of what all half Koreans are thinking. And primarily in the United States, these groups are usually made up of, but the, something that I, I notice through reading, you know, comments and posts and stuff is how oftentimes there is this underlining sense of resentment towards their Korean parent. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you do this? Why do you say these things to me? Why did you make my life so difficult? What was the purpose for this sort of behavior, these actions towards me? Why did you make me feel a certain way? Why, why? And... Um, a lot of times there's no answers and people mask it with jokes and memes and be like, oh, haha, that's what Korean moms do. Right. But it's while it is un, it is um, saying I recognize that there's differences, I feel oftentimes it is a lack of understanding behind uh, certain words or actions. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's no way I can say like, this is why your mom did this to you when you were young because she's Korean. This is the explanation. There's no way because everyone's very different. Right. But I oftentimes feel like there is um, there's a disconnect in understanding the culture from which that parent is coming from and out of that culture that they make their choices or the way that they think. And so um, this is exactly what I was saying about this earlier. Sometimes we are not fortunate to be in a, when we're in a mixed home to understand or learn both cultures. Right. Sometimes there is a 
there's a point where it's like, we weren't taught that. We weren't passed that down. Yet we are still living in the same home with an individual who is acting and speaking out of a certain culture. And so we just, we don't understand what's going on. And that can cause, misunderstanding can cause a lot of pain, can cause a lot of trauma. And um, at least for me personally, having this time to explore and to think and really study about Korean culture has, one, led to more understanding, not only of myself, but of my family, which too has led to this grace and compassion. I see now why you, you did the things that you did. And it makes it easier for me to forgive. Right. I have a perfect example. And I think a lot of us halfies, uh, specifically like half Koreans, mm. uh, we could relate to this. And I, I say this in that I actually can't relate to it because it didn't happen to me <laughs> oh, okay. because my mom's different. But Because your mom's an angel. <laughs> She's so sweet. She's very sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, 99% of the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you make her mad, though. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's the, like, for example, I, I've, I just, growing up and even now I see, I see or hear stories of people saying, yeah, my mom, like, my mom or dad is just like, they yell at me and they're, they're always screaming at me and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, come eat very rudely. Mm. And, but they never hear the words, I love you from, from mm. their Korean parent. Mm. Well, if you understood through the culture and not to say that everyone's like this, or this is like something that's ingrained in everybody in the culture, but in a way, that is their parents saying, I love you. Mm. Because a lot of parents aren't necessarily affectionate, especially like a lot of Korean dads, mm-hmm. from what I hear. Um, they're, they're not like verbally affectionate. There, there are Korean dads that are mm-hmm. that way. Um, but, you know, they'll say things like, make sure you eat, mm. uh, come back safely, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, like come back safely from wherever you're going. That's them saying, I love you mm-hmm. in a different way. But if you interpret that as, oh my gosh, it's just so rude, mm-hmm. you know, they just have to say that because they're my parents. you're meddling so much in my life, doesn't matter where I'm going. Right, right. Then you see them through a certain lens, mm-hmm. which is not really accurate because you don't understand that part of the culture, maybe. Mm-mm-mm. And whereas if you view it as, oh, it is annoying, but it's because they love me, <laughs> then you have more compassion and uh-huh. you have more understanding and, mm-hmm. you know, potentially respect for your parent. Mm. So that's where, that's why it's so important to understand and like you said we don't always have that privilege of really understanding it and i'm not i'm not bashing anyone who uh interprets it in a different way it's just it's just one of those things that i've sort of learned after hearing stories of people yeah now my mom was very she's very like you know uh i love you she's very vocal about that and she's super sweet so i you know i didn't experience that but through my friends and just through stories i even read and hear about online Mm. Uh, that seems to be the case. That, and not only Korean parents, but mm-hmm. a lot of Asian parents are mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit like almost nervous to bring this point up um, because obviously I'm not a spokesperson for all half Koreans. But um, something that I, I recognize and you know I recognize in myself in the past as well is almost a sense of like, there can be many reasons for it, but arrogance. As in Mm -hmm. like, well, I know how, I know why she did that. This is what Korean people do. Like almost like kind of like making, like saying I know and acting out of that concept of I know when in reality, I actually don't know. 
I didn't study. I didn't speak Korean. I didn't have the privilege of understanding the culture. And yet I would make judgments because I'm half Korean and make statements as if I knew. Right. And I, I see today, and this is of no fault, especially to older generations of half Koreans who had no privilege of having the Korean community around them or, you know, learning from their parents or the language. But it, it is certainly different coming from a, a standpoint of, I understand the Korean culture and yeah, I know, versus someone who says, well, I'm half Korean. I have a right to say this because this is my culture. I know. Culture is not something I think you are innately born with. I think you maybe have access to it. You may have extra steps forward, but it is a learned thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we should be, especially people of mixed heritage too, it's kind of like a, a game, like a dancing on one end or the other, right? It's, you got to be pretty cautious about it to, to feel accepted, but also to recognize, yeah, I, I, I have things to learn mm -hmm. and to be okay with that. But it can feel a little bit like, but I, I have a right. I should know this. Right. And I even feel, I tend to feel that way sometimes, mm -hmm. which is why I'm hard on myself when I feel like there's something I should know, uh, but I don't. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where I, you know, I'm not arrogant about it. I'm more insecure about it. I'm like, ah, oh, I should know this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that is equally as uh, unhealthy. Mm, I totally yeah. agree. We had a message from uh, one of our listeners and she was saying how, kind of upsetting it is to see many people that she sees who are half Korean, who have never spoken the Korean language, who have never visited Korea, who maybe are disconnected from Korean culture whatsoever. But in the, you know, in the wake of the, the racist attacks happening against Asian Americans in the U.S., coming out very strongly and vocally, like, I'm half Korean and I'm so against this. And this is why, because that's my people. And she was kind of thinking like, whoa, where did it come from? Never in your life have I ever seen you being proud of your heritage or speaking Korean or eating Korean food. And then, you know, coming up and claiming this culture that you don't know anything about. And for her, it was, it's a weird thing, right? Because mm -hmm. while simultaneously we're saying we're half Korean, I claim this, this is my heritage and my culture. I have a right to call myself Korean. While at the same time, in a way, it is also can be a facade. Like, oh, I'm, I'm half Korean, I'm Korean, I have a right to say this, when you actually don't know anything about the culture itself. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why there can be a feeling of like unsettlement in ourselves or judging ourselves or being hard on ourselves, kind of like what you were saying. But this is why I feel a little cautious bringing this up. You know, I can only speak out of my own experience of having felt that. Mm -hmm. But um, I think this is, again, why this journey of identity and culture are very closely tied together. At least it was for me. Right. So family connection, that was a really important one. And, and going hand in hand with that is, you know, I wrote in Korean, like, misunderstanding prugi. I don't, how would you translate that? Like, um, unraveling misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe it is family trauma. Um, I think in my case, it was a little bit of that. And through understanding, you're able to unravel maybe those misunderstandings or hurts that you carry for a very, very, very long time. And through having understanding or exploration of culture, it helps you to have that compassion. And I, I think that it, it does create in yourself the ability to say, okay, I get it and I can let that go. Mm -hmm. So I think um, in a lot of mixed homes, this trauma can exist. And a way to let go of those sufferings that maybe you experienced when you were younger is to study and understand these cultures which your parents are coming from 
to understand why they did what they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like a self-therapy. Like if you want to go down the journey of really understanding um, one or both sides of whoever, you know, your cultures are, it could lead to a lot of healing, I would imagine, right? I think for me, more than healing, it just led to just understanding and and more respect Mm -hmm. for my mom, more respect for uh, people in Korea and just... Even even nowadays, like there are a lot of things where I'm like, why 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 do people do that? Why do people, uh, you know, say this or why do people, why are people scared of you know uh, people that are older than them or in a higher position? But I you know because like if you view that from like at least an American lens that I'm used to, it's sort of like you you sort of kind of lose a little bit of respect for someone like that. It's like grow a backbone, you know, but. When you understand the culture, you're like, oh, I, I totally get it. And, and you have manners and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always a, a different perspective, a different way. And, and this is why it is, can be difficult mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about um, culture like this. Because it is, in a way, having to let go of these perceptions that you implicitly understand that you've grown up with thinking this is just how it is you have to put that down and really be like okay i'm gonna now put myself in your shoes try to understand where you're coming from and that's no easy task Mm -hmm. but it's what also makes it very fascinating and what leads to my next point having a deeper appreciation of not only yourself but your heritage and your family Mm -hmm. and the history that you come from I think um, it is one thing to, you know, read history books, <laughs> let's say about your grandfather. Oh, wow, he did this. Cool. Versus living in the culture and the country and the language and the things that he experienced. And then you read it again and you come to, well, this must have been his thought process. Wow, that must have been a really hard choice for yeah. him to make. Oh, my goodness, the sacrifices. And then it gives you a deeper appreciation for the heritage and where you have come from. Right. Like the moment I understood really what the Korean War meant, because I grew up knowing that there was a Korean War, my mom was born in the middle of it, blah, blah, blah. But then when you understand like what happened and what the people actually went through and you're reading stories of people and and reading about how families were, uh, you know, separated Mm. between the North and the South, then it gives you a different appreciation for your culture. Like I'm so proud to be Korean because of just the history and the fact that Korea has always uh, just been resilient and stuck together. Mm. Uh, and that makes me even more proud. Whereas as a, as a kid growing up, I didn't understand it and I didn't even care, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I think that was, um, and, you know, and even doing these podcasts and researching, it's just like, it's just sort of like putting more, I don't know, appreciation in the jar that's just constantly growing. With yeah, the more appreciation. appreciation jar. <laughs> right. So we'll have a huge one. Yeah. Exactly. Full of appreciations. Mm. I do want to continue this conversation, but um, we're going to keep this one short and sweet. If you guys want to ask more questions or you have your own comments or input or about your own journeys or culture or, or your own struggles, we get it. We've been there and, and we're still there. It's a lifelong journey, I think. And so it's very cool that we have this community to, to talk about these things together. Um, and especially having a co-host who, who gets it. That is, for me, a very significant thing. So we'd love to hear from you. And you can always get in touch at thehappyproject at gmail.com. So we're going to just wrap it up here. 
but we'll i'm sure continue this conversation in a future episode um by the way thanks so much for the listener mail that you guys have been sending us i'm gonna read a couple emails in the next episode so be sure to stay tuned for that all right thank you guys for listening we are the happy project <laughs>